From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition Lady Show, episode 394 for the week of January 18, 2015. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I am your host, Mary Jo Mulatto-Willie, along with my very good friends, Nancy Johnson and Carol Bowling. In this segment, the three of us will be talking about planning and budgeting for a trip to the Disneyland Resort with our family and or friends. Hey, gals. Hey. Hi. It's been a guy. How long was it? has it been since we've talked to each other? The cruise. The cruise, yeah. that's right. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. <laughs> I love that we were able to travel together. It was I know, wonderful. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was great. It was neat. Okay, so today in today's segment, we're going to be talking about some fun things that we do and how we've planned our trips with our own family and friends at the Disneyland Resort. So I thought that we would um, start off with how do how do we how do we plan our trip? First of all, so I'm going to start with you, Carol. What do you do when you plan your trip? I think that the first thing I do is I have to make a decision of kind of, um, I, I, I do it two ways, I guess. One is, do I have a certain amount of money that I want to spend? And then that dictates kind of what we're going to do on that trip. Or depending on, you know, what's, what's prompting me to go on the trip. So let's say it's a special occasion type trip. So that then is sort of like a themed trip. And then I have to make the decision, is this going to be more of a, you know, a budget uh, or a smaller budget trip or a, or a, I'm pulling out all the stops and going, you know, into a luxury trip. So I kind of have to look at it from both of those perspectives. And, um, and that helps me determine what my budget's going to be. Okay. That's good. What about you, Nancy? How do you, what's your approach? Well, you know, for us, we own Disney vacation clubs. So for us, the budget doesn't necessarily account for, um, hotel and stuff, we pretty much stay at a flat level. It's just what kind of meals are we going to do? Um, are there particular souvenirs? What kind of extra type fun things are we going to do each trip? And then, of course, airfare for a family of four just occasionally stinks. So we have to really <laughs> take that. We really have to take that into account first. How much are we going to end up paying for airfare? And then we build our budget once we have that airfare price. I, th- I think I do the same thing when I do fly. I check to see first how much it's going to cost for my airfare. And if I can afford that, then I set my budget for my the rest of the trip and what I can do. And then, but sometimes we just drive, right? And it's just basic gas that we can take to go. So that's a good way to do it. Yeah, especially so, if we're talking about Disneyland. So, I mean, there's, you know, obviously if we're talking Disney World, then it's a whole different kind of situation because we're all here on the West Coast. So, yeah. right. Right. So it's definitely two different ways. Yeah. So, and, okay. Talking West Coast. Yes. Uh, for Disneyland, for us, we, I have to edit my statement because we don't base everything off airfare like we do Florida. <laughs> um, we base everything off of kind of how much do we want to splurge? Okay. So. And, I, and I'm thinking this particular case, we're thinking about let's pretend we have to travel to Disneyland. So we can talk about doing a trip over there. And when we do that, let's say that we're going to plan for a trip this summer or this year. What do you ladies do to save your money for the trip? Let's say that you don't have, you know, you you don't have, or let's say the trip's going to be $3,000 or $5,000. And you don't have that all in the bank right now. What do you do to save it? That's kind of a tough one. Um, for us, we have fairly decent salaries because um, my husband and I both work and we work at, um, you know, te- technical and professional jobs. So for us more, it's like giving up a latte or, you know, giving up a few lattes and putting things aside. Or I steal, I actually steal all the change he pulls out of his pockets every night 
because he hates carrying around change, so he just dumps it in a thing on the thing. And I, I literally, I, I roll all the coins, put it all aside, get it converted to cash or to dollars at the bank. And then I kind of pocket and sock that money away. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll get, and then I'll put it on like Disney gift cards. That's or another Visa good gift way. Cards yeah. Or something mm-hmm. like that. Just so that I have that in hand. Okay. And Carol, what about you? Well, um, I want to make one comment about one of the things that you just said, Nancy, uh, about yeah. the, the coins. Cause we do a lot of the coins, you know, we have, we, we have piggy banks. Like I have a castle piggy bank and we have yeah. lots of piggy banks throughout the house or I mean jars, you know, and things like that. But, um, the one thing I found is that the banks are getting more reluctant to take the coins. And so if mm-hmm. you use, I know that people are, are apprehensive to use Coinstar. Um, at the yeah. grocery store because they do charge if you get it converted to a um, gift card or something. But if you actually use, in most cases, if you use the, the grocery store itself that you're converting it at, um, if you get their gross, if you convert the money to that, whatever grocery store, grocery store you know, or vendor. Right. Then they usually don't charge, um, the fee. And so what'll happen is like, you know, our groceries are maybe $150 a week or so. And then if you convert that money to that grocery money and then you take, you know, and you, instead of writing a check and then you, then you could write a check to yourself for, um, you know, and you can put that into your savings bank, if you will. So the equivalent amount you right. put exactly. into your savings bank. Right. Oh, that's a pretty good idea. So um, a couple of things that we've done um, that I think are pretty clever. Um, when we're going on a big trip, like we're talking about, you know, where it's a significant amount of money, um, when I'll plan and I'll think, okay, so I want to do a like a really nice meal, like for a dinner. So let's say I want to go to Carthay Circle. Um, and I know there's going to be four of us. So I'll go, I mean, I'll go on the Diz and I'll look at the menu and I'll see that the menu's going to, you know, I, a decent dinner is going to cost us maybe $50 a piece or something. And so I'll figure that the dinner itself is going to be about $200. And I create an envelope for our trip of different events that I, we want to do. So I'll have Goofy's Kitchen and I'll have Carthay Circle and I write it right on the envelope. And then throughout the period of time, let's say it's, I have a year to plan for. I'll, if I save $20, you know, at the grocery store, or if I go to, um, like Kohl's, it happens to be a department store up here that has a lot of savings coupons. Um, I'll put $20 into the envelope. And even though the total amount may be like $200, if you can put a $10 bill in or a $20 bill in, and all of a sudden I'll look in and I'll have the $200. When I have the $200 that I had a, I had put on the envelope that I knew it was going to be worth for that dinner, then I seal that envelope. That's awesome. And I put that envelope, we have a, you know, a little um, firebox, you know, and I put that envelope into the firebox and that envelope gets taken out when we're going to go on our trip. And I know that event is paid for. So I think that that's, I mean, we've done that for um, lots of different trips we've wanted to go on. And, um, and that way I kind of, number one, I don't go through the sticker shock of, oh my God, this dinner is going to cost us $200 or this, you know, breakfast is going to be a couple hundred dollars. Um, I already know what it's going to be, but I also know that I've paid for it, you know, pre prepaid for it. That's, I love that idea. I do a couple of different things. Um, I do the envelope with friends of mine when I go with different friends and we put in money each week mm-hmm. or each pay, each pay period. And we all pr- proportion the money that we need to spend and we'll put it in an envelope. And so we hold each other accountable for that. That's when I, what I do with friends, when I go with my kids, what I typically do is I have a Disney visa and I use that to charge my everything on. And I use the reward dollars to buy things at Disneyland when I go. And so right now I'm saving to eat at a uh, Napa Rose. Ah. So I'm, I, I'm using my reward money for that. So I tell the kids, well, when I, when we get a certain amount, we're all going to go eat at the chef's counter. But I do that. I also get the Target cards. 
Um, let me rephrase that. I have a Target red card and I will go to um, Target and buy Disney gift cards because we get 5% off when you buy the gift cards. And so I get those and I save those and I spend those when I go to stay at the, if I stay at the Disney hotels or for our food. So I tend to do that for my visits to the park. I love your envelope idea though, Carol, for different meals and everything. So I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. And I do the gift cards also. I mean, um, you know, Michael and I will, you know, will Michael, Michael is a Hallmark guy. He believes in every Hallmark, um, holiday they have. So, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up and I know that I will get a beautiful Hallmark card and most likely in it will be a gift card to Disney because, you know, <laughs> at this point it's like impossible to buy from me. So, um, he will put a, a Disney gift card in there knowing that we will be, um, going on, you know, a Disney event at some point during the year. Now I know some people don't like gift cards because they think that, um, they, uh, it, it ties the money to Disney, but for us, you know, if we know we have a trip coming, then I always feel like it's a good way to, to help offset some of that cost. And, um, I do have one trick about Disney, um, gift cards, and that is when you use them, um, put on the back of the, di on the gift card itself, a piece of just clear tape, you know, scotch tape. And as you use the card, so let's say it's a $50 card and maybe you go to the um, Jolly Holiday Bakery and you spend $25. So you have $25 left. I write in ballpoint pen right on that tape, the scotch tape, $25. So I know how much is left on that card mm -hmm. because I come home and I have all these cards that have $3 or $4 left and I never remember that. And so... um it's, you don't want to lose any of those dollars. So that's a neat idea. You know, so I, it's a really good way to keep track. And if you, when you get your receipt back, um, from purchasing something, it will show you how much is left. And I just, just go ahead <laughs> and even at the, um, counter, I will go ahead and do it right then and there. And I'll just, so like if I do it the second time, then I cross off the 25 and I'll say, now I have $3 and 32 cents left. And that way I know I'm going to use all of that card. Because I think sometimes people get frustrated because there's a little bit of money left on those cards and they don't use them. Right. I tend to wrap my gift cards in the receipt. Right. I so do So that I have it. But then this way you don't have to worry about papers and it's just because it gets bulky and messy. Right. So, so that's just that's a little, it's a little trick. <laughs> I love that idea. It's a great one. Okay. So we budgeted and we saved money. Now we're going to look at lodging. What kind of lodging do you gals look at when you go stay at any at, at the Disneyland Resort? I think it all it all is based on how many people you have traveling with you. That's really one of the first things. Are you all planning on staying in one room? Or do you need two rooms? Do you need a place to prepare snacks or meals? Do you need um, an, a pullout, a crib, um, an extra bed? You know, outline what you need for the number of people. Because again, at the land, I'm sorry, Nancy. I was going to say it also makes a difference if you want to have a fancy, fancy place or a more of a budget place too. Yeah, and you know, as we've um, as we've shown in a lot of these hotel reviews that Tom's been doing, there are totally different size accommodations that can be had at a lot of the good neighbor hotels um, that are equal or less than the price you'd pay at an on-property hotel. Right. So one of the things I look at too is what time of year am I going? Right. If I'm going to go yeah. in the summer or in a weekend where I'm going to spend a lot of time in the parks, I don't care so much about downtime at the hotel. So staying in a room is fine. But if I'm going to go in the off season when the park closes early and I'm going to be spending several hours, awake hours with my family, I'm going to want a place to kind of like decompress where we're not all sitting on a double bed watching TV. So I'll look more for the rooms that have a little couch in them or um, the suites like they have at the 
residence in main gate which is one of my favorites or consider you know that's a, a better time to stay on property because you have downtown disney to relax in. you have um you have hotels with big lobbies and bars like the hearthstone you know you can go and relax in front of the piano um so lots of little extra bonuses that you might get from actually staying on property and at the disney or at the grand or at the disneyland or whatever and yeah and that's an excellent idea go ahead Carol. i was gonna say i also when you're talking about time of year i like to look at what the weather's going to be like because if it's a time of year that it's um, rainy or, you know, colder, I don't necessarily want to be waiting outside for a bus at the end of the night. Um, I want to be yeah, close enough, you know, I want to be close enough that I can get to the hotel pretty quickly. Um, so that makes a difference for me. And, but then the, but then the other side of that is if it's really nice and it's like summertime, is this a, is this a time of the year that I'm going to want to, um, you know, have my granddaughter in a, in a very nice swimming pool versus some of the, you know, just regular little, um, small square swimming pools that they have, or rectangular swimming pools that are at some of the hotels. So, um, I kind of look at what time of year it is also, um, and make some decisions yeah. on that. And I think that's really important too. You mentioned the pool. I think it's really important. You know, some people go to, to the Disneyland resort and it's go, 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 go. And they're exhausted at the end. And I, I remember having family out and on that last day, everybody's cranky and tired and having not optimal fun, I'll say. And if you build in that time to spend at the pools and just relax, you, some of our favorite memories were just relaxing around the pool with the kids and they do have pool service at the Disneyland resort. So you can go over there, enjoy yourselves for a good afternoon, get some downtime take a little nap or rest, recharge yourselves to go back into the park. So when you're talking about staying at one of the Disneyland Resort hotels, that's a good option. But there's also other hotels nearby that have nice areas for pools too. So that's really important to look at when you go into the lodging. Anything else about lodging, ladies, that you can think of that you would want to bring up? I think the only other thing I'd like to say is if you're a DVC member, I know, Nancy, you brought that up. If you're a DVC um, in Disneyland, if you're a Grand Californian DVC member, um, make sure that you, if if you think you're going to book that uh, hotel, make sure that you're doing it as soon as possible. Um, If you're, if that's a home park for you or home DVC for you, um, try to do it at that 11 month mark. But if you're trying to come from Disney World and um, you're visiting out here at the seven month mark, you may find that it's too full um, to get in there. So always have an alternate plan um, when you're when you're planning because um, you could be very disappointed. It's a very small uh, amount of rooms in the DVC. Um, I yeah. know many many times that uh, Michael and I thought we were going to be able to stay there, and unfortunately we are not. So. Um, we always have alternate hotels that we, we have in our pocket, um, that we use when we can't get into the DVC. That's a really good point. And um, I just want to add too about the having children. There are a lot of hotels, um, or I'll just say lodging around the Disneyland Resort that offer rooms with bunk beds or family rooms. And yeah. they're not luxury hotels, but it's really nice to be able to set the kids off in another room so that they can sleep early. You might not be ready to, to go to sleep. You might want to talk, uh, have a snack, or watch TV or something. The kids can be sleeping in the other room while you're kind of decompressing at the end of the day. Oh, and Mary Jo, one other thing is that in a lot of the hotels, um, kind of the low, not low budget, but mid budget um, hotels that are like right across the street from the Disneyland like bus area, um, many of those uh, hotels have. Um, suites, but only, they're not suites. They're they're not like a all suites hotel. They're, you know, primarily just single rooms, but they'll have maybe three or four or five, um, suites. And, um, and usually they are double the cost, but you may find that that works better for you. You should always look, you know, ask when you're, um, or look online to see if, if the hotel that you're going to has, um, a couple of the, um, more expanded rooms. Well, and, and if you're, 
Go ahead, Nancy. Can I um, make a point that sometimes those rooms are not visible in their online inventory? Right, yeah. So you want to make sure you at least call the hotel itself and ask. Because if you look at um, Disneyland's, you know, hotels and on the Disney website, and you actually plug in, you won't ever see, like, those, the specialty rooms, like the Mickey Mouse room, the princess room, any of those those type suite rooms or specialty rooms, you don't see those on the average inventory. You actually have to know about them and call and ask. Right. Or if you, when you're um, use your looking dreams through agent. dreams, and, ex- exactly, if you go to your Dreams Unlimited agent and ask that, ask the person, um, your agent, let them know what you're looking for for your children, and they will tell you. They'll suggest the different hotels that offer those types of rooms for your family. Yeah, so their computer system should... allows for that. Well, and that's why you use a travel that. agent. I mean, that's, you know, yep. ex- it, that let them do that research for you. So, Right, takes the stress away. Yeah, they have the knowledge. So let's go into the parks and talk about planning meals and snacks because, you know, we got to fuel ourselves when we're there at the parks, and sometimes we just want to eat the yummy food. So what do you, what do you typically, how do you budget or what do you plan to eat when you go? Well, I know for us, um, we usually try to do one nice meal a day and then one kind of lesser expensive meal. Um, I have found that if I, um, you know, like I used to always say with our kids, oh, we're going to, you know, just pick up like hamburgers or whatever. Well, we found out that if you spend maybe, you know, a few dollars more, you can get an actual nice meal. And, um, and then the kids aren't as hungry, um, for the rest of the day, they're more satisfied. Um, and that way we're snacking a lot less. Um, so I always try to plan one nice meal, whether it be a, a, a nice brunch or, um, a nice, uh, dinner. Um, sometimes we'll do a late lunch, you know, but I always try to find one kind of sit down, and I think it kind of relaxes everyone and kind of recharges everyone for wherever yeah. you are in the day. So, And keep in mind that when we say nice sit-down meal, we don't necessarily mean like the Napa Rose or Steakhouse 55 or um, Carthay Circle. You know, you don't, you can have a nice meal without eating at the most high-end restaurants. That's right. For, for my family... Raising my children, I we were on a big budget growing up. So what we ended up doing is we would take a cooler with us, and we would buy get a bag of ice, and I would keep milk in the cooler, and I took bowls and forks and knives, and we would have cereal for breakfast and fruit, mm-hmm. and we would so for breakfast we always ate in our room, and then we would have one good meal right in the park. And then we would have um, something light in the evening. We might have a sandwich I, or something or, or split something. And usually when we did that, the kids didn't really want to snack because they were fil- they were full and they were too busy having fun anyway. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you do want to snack. So mm-hmm. what do you how do what do you guys do? Well, I know I've t- I usually will take some kind of snack thing with me just right. because, because I know that they're going to get hungry or they're going to want something little. Um, now when we stay over at the parks, you know, we're doing a vacation type hotel. Uh, I will definitely pack some sort of snack things, be it um, cereal bars or fruit snacks or something like that. Yeah. I'm with you, Nancy. I mean, we always pack, um, you know, we're mindful of the fact that things melt. Um, so we always try to do, yes. um, you know, like for our granddaughter, we'll bring a pack, you know, the little individualized, um, goldfish. She loves those. Um, or we, like for even Michael and I will, we'll bring trail mix. Um, and I always have those in the bottom of a backpack. Um, we bring water. We always have water bottles. We come in with water. Um, you know, ourselves. Now we ended up buying water mm-hmm. while we're in the park, but we always have at least one water bottle to start out with. Um, yeah. I always, I have an annual pass. So I always feel like I want to give back to the park and I'm, and I always think, well, I have an annual pass that I'm using that, but I want to spend something. So I usually tend to buy a bottled water for myself, mm-hmm. but we, we always take bottled water. It's very important to stay hydrated. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And they have really good snacks at Disneyland. Yeah. 
besides the, you know, everybody likes the churros or popcorn, whatever your they have a lot of good healthy snacks. But oh yeah, the, they're pineapple spears. Mm-hmm. They're delicious, and they they're have chocolate hummus. covered pineapple skewers. I didn't try those. That they do good. them with dark chocolate at Disneyland. They do them with milk chocolate at Disney World. Okay, well, well, that's good. But we've also had the hummus and pretzel chips. Yep, um, and the, and the uh, trail chili mango. There. Oh, the chili mango is delicious. And then one, so there's a, there's, yeah, one thing ahead. to add when you talk about healthy snacks, if you do children's meals, which actually I have to say to some of the moms out there, um, you know, a child's meal doesn't mean that it has to be a child. You know, um, sometimes a child's meal is exactly what I want to eat because that's enough food for me. But you don't have to have French fries. Um, they will offer you sliced apples um, yep. or uh, um, sometimes carrots in there. So it's they've gotten along. uh Disneyland has figured out that, you know, people are trying to eat a little healthier. Yes, I did notice that. It's part of California culture, I think, in well, addition to that. Well, I like the that. fact that they offer to, um, granted, it's prepackaged, slightly processed, but they offer the kids snack pack meal, which I know I haven't seen hardly at all in Florida. And it's for the kid who likes to snack more than they like to actually eat a real entree type thing. Um, it has yogurt. It has goldfish. It has apple slices. It you know the, it's all right there in in their little container in their cute little box and and they really do enjoy that. And that's actually something you can get them. You can budget for buying one of those and then make those snacks. Like if you're flying in, you're not going to be carrying snacks like yogurt, you know, gogurts and things right. like that. So you could buy one of those snack boxes and make that last for a good chunk of the day. And another thing you do, Nancy, that I just thought was brilliant is when you order the soup or the salad in a bread bowl. Go yeah. ahead and tell what you do there. Um, so what we what we do is I get the I get the soup on the side and I tell them to go ahead and leave the bread bowl whole, and or you know give me one that they've cut the center out of. That's fine. You know they just stuff the center back in, and I ask for butter, and I grab a little plastic knife. And as we go through the park, we rip off a chunk of bread and spread it with butter and have have fresh sourdough with butter. I think that's a great idea, especially like, let's say you go and you sit down for a parade, right? And sometimes people like to munch while they're sitting and waiting. That'd be a mm-hmm. great time to, you know, munch on some of that, some of that bread and butter. Yep. And it's, while you're waiting. it's much more um, budget friendly than getting one of the loaves. Because those loaves are kind of expensive. They they sell the boudin bread in um, in shapes like Mater or Mickey or whatever specially shaped the season might hold. Right. And, and uh, then... Oh, and I'm you sorry, can do that. I think you can actually do that, too, at the Royal Street Veranda. Because that's... They bake all... Boudin bakes all the bread bowls for the Royal Street Veranda, too. So I would imagine that you can probably ask for that on the side. I've never, I've never done that with the jambalaya or the clam well, chowder. There, we'll have but, to, we'll yeah, have, have to, to check find it out. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Research and um, Mary Jo. One other thing, um, which I just saw, we were just down in Disneyland um, a couple weeks ago, and um, there was a family that had come in. They had flown in, and the I was in the lobby of the hotel, and the father was asking the. Um, the lobby assistant, um, where he could get a cab to go, um, over to Walmart or to Target, um, because they were picking up food for a week because they were going to be in Disneyland for a week. And I never really thought about that, that, um, he was just going to grab a quick cab and it's, it really isn't very expensive to jump into a cab and go down and, um, you know, go to a grocery store and, yeah. or some of the grocery stores will deliver, um, to the hotels for Bonds a fee. Is the big one so, for that. yeah. So you can get regular food, um, you know, delivered to your hotel or to, or you could go get it yourself, even if you're flying in, um, and you wanted to pick up, you know, some snacks. And I think, I think we all realize that, you know, if you, you know, if you bring in some of your own snacks, that you're certainly going to save some money that way. Exactly. Well, and there's also, 
you know, we haven't mentioned it, but the people like, like me who was more in the budget when my kids were growing up and we did take that cooler, you cannot take a cooler into Disneyland, but if you also take a small collapsible cooler, you can, there's a picnic area outside and they have large size lockers. So you could put a small cooler or soft um, sided cooler in one of those and go eat and have a picnic outside. Yep. And there's a lot of people who do do that. That's what I did when we were growing up. We we never bought food in Disneyland. We always, my mom would make sandwiches and we would um, go eat at our car. Yeah, we but did. a lot of people, can, go ahead. Can you not, I thought you could bring in a small soft-sided cooler. Uh, this Like you, this six-pack size, you know, the smaller size. I know I, I, I see a lot of moms doing that. So especially if you have if you have small kids or an infant, you know you have to have snack type things or mm-hmm. healthy type things for them. So yeah, they allow you to. I mean, we we would go with a little thing with um, extra milk, right? But I, I thought you could do that. I mean, I think even if you don't have an infant with you, I think you can take a small. Um, a small cooler in with, with snacks in it now. I think they do allow that. You can. It just makes it a little bit harder to find some place to eat, and they do have that picnic area where oh, you yeah. can sit aside. Yeah. Although some people do eat inside the park. And I just wanted to say that a lot of times when people do go to Disneyland and California Adventure, the focus is so much on going as, on as many attractions as possible. Sometimes people forget to take the time out to sit and eat, and then the kids have a big meltdown because mm-hmm. they need that time to have food in them so they can keep going. So it's something to keep in mind you, to schedule in a time for everybody to to sit down and have that meal. And like Carol said, pick the one meal a day that you're all going to eat and don't make it late in the day. Make it at a time um, that's most needed by the family. I've seen a lot of meltdowns at the parks and that's part of the reason. And if you I've bring been some, victim if, of a lot of meltdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you bring some of your own items, I mean, I know, um, like we would sit at the um, bakery, which is a wonderful place to sit outside. And, yeah. um, you know, we'll go in and we'll buy maybe the drink and a, and a, and a dessert. And then we'll have maybe some of our own snacks. So we feel like, you know, we've contributed to the commerce of it. And so we'll sit there. And that's a wonderful place to go with small children because you can see the, you know, the, the bus coming up Main Street or there's a lot going on in the hub. And so, and there's a lot to see there. I mean, there's a lot to experience there. Um, yeah. even while you're just taking a moment to just sort of chill and, but there's still a lot of Disney details that are available to really point out and to share with your own family. So. And that's a good spot, too, because the piano player from the Carnation um, from Coke Corner mm-hmm. is over there. That's so another you get great place, yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have to take a couple steps back. You guys crack me up, contributing to the commerce of it all. I don't think <laughs> I've ever heard anybody say they wanted to give Disney a bunch of money just because they feel obligated. <laughs> I, I think if I'm sitting, though, at their... Because that's sort of a restaurant setting, I guess, is what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like sitting on the park bench. Right, no. Or... You know, the, the stone wall. I, that's one of my very favorite places to sit at the stone wall, like in front of, um, it kind of between, um, Alice in Wonderland and, and the castle. I love that long stone bench that's over in that area. And we watch a lot of parades from there. And, and I think that that's all well and good. But if I'm going to actually sit in yes. a, the bakery setting where that is actually somewhat part of that restaurant, if you will. Um, yeah. Or the eating establishment. You're going to buy something from that restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when, you know, when everybody goes to one restaurant, but there's one person in the party who doesn't like that type of food. So they go someplace else and they bring their, li- they try and bring their little bag into your, re- into the restaurant just so mm-hmm. they can sit with you. Mm-hmm. I actually knew somebody who did that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's no, it's crazy. that obligation kind of feel like, I get that, but. You know, you always hear people go, oh, I know, Disney's Dis- taking believe my me, money. Disney gets enough of all of our money, so. Yeah. Now we're gonna- I mean, Mary Jo, I'll buy my obligatory bottle of water. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just the way I think. I know, it's so cute. <laughs> okay, well, let's go on to souvenirs. You know, when we go to the Disneyland Resort, we, we're going to want some kind of memento from our visit, right? And the kids, of course, want stuff. 
So what do you gals do when you for planning for that? Well, let me just stop you right there, Mary Jo. It is not kids. It's kids of all ages because well, I, I was know some very husband. big kids <laughs> that are married to, you know, other people who have to have their souvenirs too. So Oh, oh my God. And your husband is like the king of souvenirs. I've even <laughs> gone souvenir shopping for him. <laughs> but to that point, and again, you know, going back to what we originally were talking about, budgeting. I mean, yeah. you know, depending on the age of, you know, the child, I mean, or adult, <laughs> um, you know, there's different ranges. And, and I think if they're like when I'm with my granddaughter, this is a perfect example of what happened um, a couple weeks ago when we were down there. We were down for the beginning of the year. I, Lexi asked me for a couple different things along the way. And I kept saying, well, Lexi, let's see what else we're going to come up with. And then five minutes later, who's got this, whatever she wanted in her hand? Because the other party, the other adult in our party <laughs> decided that she had to have that. So I think a discussion between the adults ahead of time is probably worth having to decide, are we going to give, you know, especially if you're talking grandchildren, every single thing that they want, or are we going to say, you know, this is the amount of money we're going to spend on them. So that's just a little bit of a tip for those of you who have, especially grandchildren. (laughs) That's actually a great tip. You have to be on the same page. Yeah. Yes. It, it'll, it might save your vacation. Oh, it might save more than that. (laughs) Marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but as far as souvenirs go, um, I think if you can have an idea in your head kind of what you're talking about um, for how much you want to spend. If your children are of the age where they're into allowances and or, you know, once you get into that kind of early teen years, I think setting a certain amount of money up for them and saying, this is what you can spend. You know, here's X amount of dollars. There's a gift card, whatever it's going to be. Um I always do chores to earn that money and however much they can earn. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to do it. I mean, I, I, and I found it very interesting because our son would always, he would pick one thing that he really wanted and he would, you know, have a certain amount of money and that's what he would buy. Our daughter, on the other hand, she would buy 15 little trinkety items for all her friends. And that's what she wanted to use her money for. So it was, um, and it was the best thing that we ever did was saying, here's what you can spend and that's it. And otherwise, you know, you have birthday money or whatever. You're, you know, you're on your own. Um, right. Sometimes when, when my kids were younger, I would tell them the trip is the gift. Yeah. So I don't want to hear I want this or that because we don't have money for that. The money's for the food and for the fun that we're going to have here. And I set up the expectations at the beginning and my kids were great. They were like, okay, mom. And actually, Kelly used to tell me, I know you're going to say no. <laughs> Zoe does the same Can thing. Can I have this? <laughs> and so, and, and I tell her, you're right, Miha. The answer is no. I said, but next time we'll look at it and see if, you know, we can do that. And another thing I used to do is when my kids got a little bit bigger, I would give them money and I would say, okay, you're, and they would split off for me for a little bit because they were already like 11, 12, 12, 13. And they wanted to, you know, they felt grown up and they wanted to do some attractions by themselves. And I said, here's money for food or souvenirs. And this is all I'm going to give you. And you need to figure out what you're going to eat with it. And Nick came back one time and he said, Mom, do you know how much it costs for this stuff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. And and he was like, I wasn't going to pay for that. So he went without. And I said, all right, well, it's up to you. Or they, you know, they shared their food. Isn't that funny? What a wonderful life lesson they start learning when... You know, when they ask and ask and ask and you're like, okay. And then when they find out that that soda that they absolutely are dying to have or that Chiro or their Mickey bar mm-hmm. or whatever they want, and then it has to come out of their pocket, then they're not quite so anxious to get it, you know? Yeah. Then they're like, you know, I really don't want that. I'm like, okay, well, it's up to you. It's your money to, to spend. And they, like you said, Carol, they figure out they really don't want that Chiro because they want that cap, right? you know, exactly. or they want the... The other and I, my my nephews were like that. One nephew, they both had twenty dollars to spend. I had taken them to the Disneyland Resort, and one nephew really wanted that R two D two. Um, I think it was a dessert bucket that they had at the Tomorrowland Terrace, and I said, "You realize that's going to cost you twelve dollars, and then you're going to have seven something left." And he's he really wanted it. And I said, "And you realize that you're going to be the one carrying it because I'm not going to carry it for you when you're tired." 
and he he bought it and he carried it with him and I don't think he ever used it again. <laughs> the other one, he was not going to spend his money on anything. He really really thought about what he was going to get and he held on to it till the end of the day before he chose his souvenir. So like you said, it's really funny to see how different they are in the choices they make. Yeah, it's yeah. a wonderful life learning lesson and mm-hmm. they're and they're learning to process how they're going to spend their money yeah. and they learn about that horrible thing called state tax. And <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in Disneyland. So, uh, well, and I on that, that same shock. vein, uh-huh. on that same vein, you guys I think it's also fair to mention everyone, every adult in the party has to have a plan for how they're going to handle when the child inevitably goes, I spent all my money and this and blah, 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 blah. You know, you have to stand firm on that when they, they've done it and don't give in, don't give them the extra right. money, you know, cause if you do that, it doesn't teach them the lesson, the same lesson. It teaches them a negative lesson. Right. And it sets you up for drama the next time you go. Yeah, right. because, because then they'll expect that you're going to bail them out again. It's okay for yes. me to spend all my money right away. Yeah. Um, one other thing on souvenirs that we were talking about, similar to snacks, um, one thing that we've learned along the way is, like, our granddaughter loves coloring right now. So that's kind of the place she's at. And, um, you know, I can pick up coloring books ahead of time at Target for, like, $2 and mm-hmm. versus the ones in the park that are $10. Yeah. Um, but my very favorite thing to do, and we do this every single time, is I go to party, one of the little party shops, and I buy the uh, glow sticks. And, you know, I can get a whole pack of glow sticks for, and the glow stick jewelry. Um, and I, mm-hmm. and I can get a whole bag of that stuff for like, you know, five bucks or maybe ten dollars at the most versus th- the very first night that you're there and they see everything glowing and they really, really want that. And it's yeah. over $10. So, um, and we're very happy to pull out, you know, the glow stick necklace and bracelet that I, and last time I had a, a wand that, you know, I paid $2 for. So, um, I think yeah. some of that kind of stuff, um, just like you bring your own snacks, um, for some, you know, f- for a certain amount of things, um, having, um, you know, you can pick up a, a Mickey Mouse, um, stuffed animal at, at the Disney store. Um, on sale sometimes, um, or you can buy different Disney products in Walmart or, or Target or whoever, you know, whoever your mm-hmm. store is that you, um, frequent. And, um, so having that kind of, um, pre-planning ahead of time, um, many times we'll have like at the end of the night, um, you know, we'll have something on her pillow, like a, a Disney book or a little Disney stuffed animal. Um, and that's her treat for the day. So, um, it just depends, you know, and, and you're saving a lot of money because you're not spur of the moment buying things. And one last thing is on those costumes, the princess costumes, because I live that right now. Um, yeah. and you see all those little girls in those costumes. Um, the, in my opinion, the Disney store costumes are better than the costumes you can buy in the park itself. As someone um, who used to work at the Disney store years ago mm-hmm. i would agree with that okay so they've it- always been a higher quality and then another thing is if you go there without a costume ahead of time and your child sees one of the one of the park princess costumes make sure they try it on especially if your child has itch issues yeah or they don't like seams in certain places because those costumes are very seam intensive and itch. And so there's nothing worse than spending the park price for the costume and then having your child never ever wear it again or not even make it through an entire day in the park. Right. And you can, um, on, uh, the Disney store online, you can, I mean, they have sales all the time. So, yep. um, I would, you know, find out who, you know, your, your little princess's favorite princess is, and that's the princess she's going to be wearing for that park uh, trip. So, and they love wearing those outfits. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And you know what? As a as the parent or as the grandparent, that's all part of it. I mean, you want to be taking uh, six hundred pictures of your little one running up to Snow White and her little princess dress. I mean, there's just nothing better. So, right. 
Well, you know, okay, so go and ahead, some Nancy. people, some people budget in. And while we're talking about buying costumes ahead of time, let, you know, one thing we should mention is think about budgeting for other things you're going to need for the trip. Like, I'm glad you said you know, that. Because are you coming from a cold? Are you coming from a cold climate and it's going to be warm when you get here? Mm-hmm. Um, are you coming from a warm climate and it's going to be warm? Is it winter where it's the rainy season? You know, do you need to pack a poncho? Do you own little ponchos? I would rather pack a poncho or an, a small umbrella or something like that rather than pay the price of the ponchos in the park. Or do you all want to be in the it, same color? You know, I yeah. see that a lot. And, you know, a red shirt, if your whole family's in red shirts, it is sometimes easier to see your family. Yes. It's true. Definitely. That leads us into planning for the unexpected. Sometimes things come up and, and sometimes it's just having that right attitude when things come up that are not, that don't go with your plans mm-hmm. and just either rolling with it. But what, how do you handle when things come up that are unexpected? Like my cousins came from Texas and they didn't realize that it was going to be raining every day. You know, I've had here. to buy tennis shoes. I've had to buy water, or I should say more water resistant shoes than what I had because everything I packed got completely soaked on a rainy that, week. Yeah. See, so, I think having that, you know, having, we were talking about those Disney cards earlier, having yeah. that, you know, having an emergency Disney card tucked away in the back of your wallet that, you know, maybe has $50 or maybe even a hundred dollars just packed, you know, that's like money you're not going to touch. But if somebody, you know, like if somebody's sandal breaks or their shoe breaks or, you know, or they go on Splash Mountain and they get completely soaked and there's nothing worse than having a kid walking around in like soaking jeans for hours. You're going to have, believe me, it's worth spending the $35 or whatever it is to buy the shorts than to have your child chafed for four days um, from wearing wet jeans in the park all day. Yes, that's such a such a good point. Um, or you, some, your, maybe your luggage might not get there, right? And you have to get, you have to buy clothes. You have to buy clothes until your luggage is found. That does happen. So, and they do sell clothes. And I know that they also sell underwear and stuff like that in the parks because somebody we know, um, her luggage didn't get there and, time and they had to go buy clothes for her at the one of the hotel gift shops and actually so let's in the, talk about small children and yeah I was just, in the park <laughs> yeah they do sell the underwear in the park for children and you can even get diapers in the park so um and then also since we're, we're mentioning small children and things happening they do have a first date there take advantage if they do and they also every i believe every store even though they don't have it out on top of the counter if you have a headache, a cold, or other types of issues like that, they sell medication in the parks. You just have to ask for it. I know, so because in January, I had to get the little Kleenex. Um, you know, they sell the little small Kleenexes. They're a dollar a pack, just in case anybody needs to know. They're behind the register. <laughs> I ended I up having Tylenol. a terrible cold, and I needed it. So, Yeah, so don't think you have to suffer. If you get blisters, go to first aid and get bandages. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people will sit there and they, they'll say, I have a broken blister because I, I mean, I have a, yeah, a broken blister because I was walking around and it, it's like first aid was right there. You could have gone over there and saved yourself all the pain. So there's different things to do and, and to plan for. So, and if somebody falls down or whatever, you know, or you have somebody who gets extremely tired, I mean, there are scooters in the park there. You can use a manual wheelchair. Um, and there's different costs. I know the scooter you know, the electric scooter versus a manual wheelchair. People say, I don't want to pay the price for using an electric um, scooter. But let me tell you, always remember when you're thinking about this, at that moment, if you if you have the money, I mean, if you're not really, um, you know, if it's not an absolute um, hardship for you, um, remember that you're, you have to think of um, the total picture besides just the dollar amount you're spending Someone's going to have to push that person all day long, or this is going to take us a lot longer to get through the park, so we're going to do a lot less. Um, And I think that's true of a lot of things. I mean, you have to look at, I know when you're talking about this kind of money, 
Um, you tend to look just at the dollars and cents, but sometimes you have to look at the total picture, kind of back to where I was saying, sometimes it's better just to buy the extra pair of shorts or t-shirt than to have somebody suffering all day long. And you're going right. to, you're going to suffer also because you're going to hear them, especially if it's a child whining and crying the whole day. So look at the total picture sometimes, um, to say, I don't want this to be the one thing that ruins our vacation. So putting aside a little emergency fund, just think how cool if you don't have to spend it, there's yep. your nest money for your next vacation, right? Or if you're not planning on going back to Disney for a while, don't necessarily put it in a Disney gift card, but put it in a Visa gift card or American Express gift card. Keep in mind that those are perfectly viable forms of payment at the parks. You can use those specific credit card brand types of gift cards and have no issues. Plus you can use those types when you get home. Right. So that's actually probably the best type to put the slush fund on because what if you end up in the hospital like someone we know on this panel <laughs> or in urgent care or something like that, you can pay with a visa gift card. You can pay your copay or deductible or whatever um, with your gift card. Right. Well, ladies, I think that's it for our show for today. We, we covered quite a bit, I think, for planning. Right. Hopefully there's been some good tips, you know, that we've given out. So I've learned some. So that's great. Me too. I, and yeah. I'm going to use that envelope. I love those ideas. And the scotch tape on the back of the gift card. Yes. Very good. <laughs> I'd never um, thought if, of that. I know, right? So for those who are listening to the show, if you have some more comments um, and suggestions, Go ahead and send them to um, the DL podcast at www.info.com. We can put them on our next ladies show, which will be in a few weeks. And Or if you have other ideas you'd like to hear us talk about, please send us a message and we'll huddle up and choose something to talk about. Thank you for listening to our show. And Carol and Nancy, love you gals. Love you it's, too. Always, it's always a pleasure to be with you too. Thanks so much yeah. for inviting me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.